Hey everybody, and welcome to the Darkcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Miley, and this is DCI number 125. In this episode, Brian and I get to welcome back Dexter Chow of Codex Worlds and talk about their next game, Battle Cursed. Battle Cursed is a dungeon crawler meets roguelike meets action RPG and uh, we dig really deeply into it in this interview, so I hope you enjoy it. Uh, if you want to find out more information about the game, head on over to darkstation.com. There you can find links and trailers in the show notes to this episode. As always, thank you so much for listening. Now on with the show. Welcome back to the Darkcast, Dex. Uh, normally this is the part of the show where I explain to you how we do things, but I've already done that before. So, um, so yeah, welcome. How are you Thank doing? You. I'm doing fine. Uh, still very busy. Uh, still trying to get our two titles out and, and making a lot of progress there. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, this is also uh, generally the time where I kind of, you know, get to know you and find out, you know, who you are and kind of what you've done. And I already know uh, a lot of that stuff from the, the last time that we spoke, um, sure. which, you know, we did an interview for Infinium Strike. I'll have the link to that in the show notes for people that haven't heard it. Uh, and for the people that don't know, if you could kind of give us a, a brief recap of just, you know, who you are, who Codex Worlds is and, uh, you know, what you're doing. Okay, um, so um, as Jonathan said, uh, we've been working on our first title called Infinium Strike, uh, going on almost three years now, and it's it's a it's an original game, it's a strategy action game that focuses on a giant battleship, space battleship, where uh, you're the weapons officer. So you don't fly the ship, you don't like man just one turret. Um, you're actually strategically and tactically in, in control of all the resources. And so it really is a strategy game that has a lot of different like new perspectives on, on how, to, how to manage resources and how to, how, to, how to fight the bad guys. Fantastic, fantastic. And how is, uh, how is production going on that? It's, I know it's, it's only been a few weeks or months since I uh, last spoke to you, but how are things it's trucking, still, trucking along? It's still moving along quite well. Um, we, uh, uh, last time we mentioned uh, we were, um, we were uh, finishing up the, the project on Steam, and, and that's, that's, uh, we're, still, we're very close. Um, we, we think we're going to ship within 60 days. Oh, wow. Uh, Fantastic. We'll be announced soon. Um, and uh, we, we have the, the, we're also working on porting to console, and so that, that's going uh, uh, pretty well. So that, that, should, that should drop in, in third quarter. Okay. Oh, awesome. You you can so, finally see the the light at the end of the tunnel after after quite a long development cycle. That's that's great. Yeah, and and uh, just to recap my, my background a little bit in Codex Worlds. Um, Absolutely. So we're we're uh, we're a pretty big indie. I think um, we're about thirty four people, and uh, of course, you know, not everybody's full time, but. Um, we, we, we have a mix of, um, you know, about one-third veterans, one-third specialists, like specialists in certain, certain things like video and, and graphics and, and, and concept art, and, and, and also about over a third of our team is um, actually, you know, new college grads or, or guys that are just coming out of school or uh, in some cases still in school. So 
So we have a, a pretty good mix of people, um, and we um, uh, we really want to do original kind of titles. And, and And I know a lot of people say that. Um, and I, I love what the indie indie um, kind of movement is 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 achieving in that area, and, and we just want to add to that and and sort of say not just do like a little variation, but kind of kind of mix it up. And, and I think Ethereum Strike is a good example. I mean, it has you know elements of like tower defense, but it also has elements of of strat- like RTS strategy games with manage- management resources. And a lot of people actually uh, who have played it say it really feels like an arcade game so mm-hmm. and that was kind of a surprise to us because uh because it's um not just focusing on on towers it's actually focusing on protecting your ship and so so it is a kind of a unique experience and and that's why we really just call it a strategy action game um as opposed to just you know a new original uh tower defense game because it really really is is kind of a a mixing of a genre a blending of genres and as I think we discussed last time, you know, we're, we're getting to this point where pretty much everything is it's kind of a blend of genres, and so it's kind of like, what what do you want to mix together and kind of create something new uh, with today? It's, uh, and it's I, and a I think pretty that's exciting a great time thing. to be in. Because it, 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 it is quite hard to do well, and, and the games that do it well, uh, they don't have necessarily a template to follow, and, and that's, again, really exciting in the indie community to kind of have these uh, you know new new kind of original takes on, on on game design that quite frankly might you know traditional publishers might not um, take a chance on sure sure and as we've seen with kind of the uh, the news with gamestop um, more non-traditional publishers are, are starting to come out and kind of just the, the ways for people to get their games in people's hands are ever increasing which uh, is is exciting because games are cool <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think I think the the reality is is that, well, you know, you, you hear about it in movies all the time, right? That that creativity is gone. That it's, um, you know, the, the most of the movies have a lot of uh, similarity to to the genres. They stay safe. Um, sure. Uh, although although that's you know, certainly uh, uh, there's um, uh, been a movement away from that as well. A lot like the indie like the indie gaming, and and so. So I think that the the reality is is that you know companies like GameStop are, are saying you know there, there's actually quite a bit of again creativity coming out of indies and yeah I, I wish publishers were more um, I mean it's no secret that it's it's quite hard to get their attention and it's quite hard to get their marketing dollars quite frankly because um, you know they're big companies and any big company is going to have big AAA. Uh, franchises that they're pushing every year, and, and I guess we, it, it all makes sense in a, in a way, but it, it kind of leaves the, the indies a little bit out in the cold, which which is why I think uh, alternative publishing models. Uh, you know, obviously, Steam's been there for a while, but mm-hmm. you know, Congregate and, and now GameStop have have um, added uh, more ways to um, for indies to get exposure. Absolutely, and it, it's become uh, just kind of ever more increasing with, especially the the current generation of consoles. But uh, it was happening a lot in the last one, where just you know the the big AAA titles were just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and more people being thrown on them, more money being thrown at them, so that 
you know, they could be a success that it just, you know, kind of created a, a larger and larger gap between what a AAA game is and what kind of the next stage down of a game is in terms of, you know, just scale. Um, so to, to create more avenues to fill in that space, I, I think is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, well, it, it, it's made rooms for, for, you know, like Demon's Souls is a good example, right? It, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a franchise that everybody would consider AAA now. Well, guess what? Five years ago, it, it, it was it was new. So it it, it really is a, sort, of, sort of a testament to, to people wanting new franchises and, 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 and waiting for, you know, even big companies to come up with new franchises. And so, um, so, so, so I, I, I think it's a, a really good trend. Absolutely. Now, now speaking of of uh, Dark Souls and the, the Demon Souls games, those are notorious for uh, being incredibly difficult games, uh, and they're set in fantasy universes. And you guys are making a new game. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, production's kind of starting to wind down. Uh, I guess as you get close to the end of um, Infinium Strike, and so it is. It is on into a new project, and that is. Battle Curse. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, or actually, um, a, a so lot <laughs> about a lot, that. <laughs> um, I, I'm happy to go into it. Um, so, it, it it actually sounds uh, kind of crazy when I, when I describe it to people. Um, the reason why um, people react that way uh, to our description about it is because <laughs> it, it's kind of like blending genres on steroids and so <laughs> so I'll, I'll just explain it first and then we can go into the details later to see if we really have pulled it off or not or I guess we'll find out when people play it but um, the idea here is um, you know we, we have a we have a bunch of uh, as we talked in our last uh, discussion about old school kind of gamers um, we you know I'm, I'm, I'm a bit older and, and I, I played on the Apple II and, and a lot of the early you know, PC and Amiga and all those other uh, other platforms, and 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 I formed a lot of uh, ideas of what uh, great game design is and was um, back in the '80s and, and and early '90s, and and I feel like a lot of the games that are getting popular now um, have uh, some roots in in, in some early, some of the early games. So, for example, you, you know, there's a lot of um, uh, kind of dungeon games right now uh, they, they're, that are, are very popular, um, you know, like 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 um, Darkest Dungeon and and the, you know even even um, uh, Binding of Isaac is is a, is a bit of a, a, a take on a, on a dungeon game, mm-hmm. uh, kind of 2D dungeon game, and and I, and I think there's there's something classic about that, right? And 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 we 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 like the old uh, we like to take the old like cat classic dungeon crawlers like I the Beholder. Um, like uh, Dungeon Master, um, even even uh, even the uh, even even some of the uh, classic classic games like like Wizardry and and um, Might and Magic, you know, eight and seven and six. I guess Might and Magic six is the most classic uh, and popular version of Might and Magic. Um, sort of the dungeon experience from 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 those games uh, and, and modernize the the graphics um, uh, a lot, like Legend of Grimrock did, you know, with four or five years ago. Um, and but so that so that so that's one genre I, I, I mentioned is going to be you know blended on, on on steroids and so and so that's um, th- that's pretty uh, I mean I mean I'm sure that you're very familiar with that right Jonathan mm-hmm. 
so so that so that's one. And then we wanted to we we love the rogue style games, and rogue games have been around just as long as, as you know. Um, and uh, the one I played a lot was was called Beneath Apple Manor. Um, it was an Apple Apple II game, um, and it was it was a classic classic rogue uh, permadeath and, and challenging and and, and uh, procedural and, and all that. And and so um, so we're 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 a rogue game as well. Um, and we have elements of um, sort of action RPG, um, meaning the gameplay flow feels like an action RPG, uh, kind of like uh, you know Diablo. And so, so if you can imagine uh, mixing those three together now, so you have this kind of classic uh, dungeon crawler feel. You kind of have this overlay of uh, a rogue style game, and then you have sort of the action kind of RPG gameplay. And so. So with that, I'll let you ask your question. But that, that, that's kind of the high, the high, uh, you know, thirty thousand foot view of our of our project. Uh, that that is kind of hard to, to wrap my brain around because I mean, when when I think about games like you know, Legend of Grimrock or um, the uh, the Might and Magic games, it's a much more slower paced kind of thing. You know, you're you're moving one step at a time. You're you're kind of taking in your surroundings. It's it's very tactical. You're not doing anything quick because when you start to do things quick, you die. Um, yep. Yep. And to to try to meld that with one a game that has permadeath, um, and then uh, also a game like Diablo where it's very fast paced and you know everything's just going crazy all at once like that. I I, I guess uh, my first question is how, how do you blend those two you know two kind of games that are, are generally known for being very fast paced of kind of dying and starting over again immediately and then also kind of you know the a game like Diablo, which is based on this kind of ever accelerating loot grind, with a yeah, more exactly. traditional, very slowly paced um, kind of you know traditional RPG. How how does that work? I yes, guess. yeah, uh, that's the perfect question, <laughs> and 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 it's and it, it is kind of hard. Like I said, it is kind of hard to kind of um, immediately see it, but. It is one of the ways that we like to design. Is we like we like to we like to challenge ourselves, and so so this is a pretty big one for us. So so we haven't solved it all yet, but I, I can tell you that we are maintaining the kind of party um, approach. It's first person party, so that's that's classic dungeon crawler. Um, you know, dungeon crawlers, as you mentioned, tend to be a little bit tile based, uh, even though they're real time. Uh, typically, they they tend to be slower. Um, like Dungeon Master, Eye of the Beholder, you know, even even Mighty Magic Six, uh, Always Dream Eight, they they tend to be a bit slower on the action. Um, so we so we are maintaining the party, so we haven't cut that out. Um, we are adding permadeath, and we are having um, mercenaries, and so you we have a we have a very strong like recruiting uh, uh, system, and uh, we have a uh, permanent permanence kind of um, System where you know over multiple plays you you do um, uh, we have this concept of guilds and so so you do build your guild up so 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 there is a bit of a uh, permanent uh, permanence in the game as far as RPG elements. Okay, so that, um, there's kind of a, and, a meta progression that even when you when the characters that you're playing as uh, you know right now die that that doesn't stop your kind of overall progression in a, progression. In a sense. Okay. Yes. So, so the so here's the here's the if you can imagine this, the actual gameplay as you know for 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 really the the, the kind of um, 
permit permit death to really work, it can't really be like, oh, you die, but you keep like 90% of your stuff. I mean, that's not really permadeath, right? Right. And you just change the name of your character. So, so, um, so we so we do die, and, and and you do have to start at level one again every time with your new party every time you play. However, um, we we have this really deep guild system. So, th- so the trick here is obviously if we're starting over at level one every time. We can't have our, our cleric or our your warrior be stronger and stronger, uh, or else it wouldn't be level one. And so, so what we do is we, we have this concept of a persistent guild. And as you play, uh, each hero has their own guild. So the cleric has a guild, our ranger has a guild, our necro has a guild. And each of those guilds will actually level up as you play the characters more and more. And some of the cool things that your guild will allow you to do is, for example, as you level up your guild, the knowledge in that guild goes up and therefore you're able to recruit more than one of that hero type into your party. So when you become an, an enlightened guild, you can actually have four paladins or four necros if you choose in your party, four bards. Um, and so, and so that's, that's, um, that's, that's just one of many kind of, uh, of benefits you get, but it doesn't ruin the balance. It doesn't ruin the fact that you start with a, fresh party every time uh, as uh, as a uh, as a as a new adventure uh, is your equipment or anything like that leveling up or do you have access to any stuff like that early in the game or what is there anything besides kind of guild progress that carries over uh, when you die yep um, so uh, we're still working that out but uh, um, the, the equipment is um, Less traditional, like um, like Diablo, where you're, you're where it becomes a loot grind. It's it's more about picking a few very um, diversified items. Um, uh, you know, sort of like League of Legends in a way, where um, the 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 particular items you pick will have um, any number of benefits to your character, and and the um, the party itself has a leveling system as you go through the adventure one one to twenty, and that will also uh, enable you to upgrade your armor as you go along. Uh, as far as the persistence of um, the equipment, um, we're still, like I said, we're still working that out. It'll, it'll probably be minimal because obviously um, uh, part of the challenge is we want people to, to, to the, the, the people who play for the first time, uh, fairly similar. To the, to the person who's playing for the twentieth time, uh, because you're you're um, you're you're rogue style. You're going in and you're you're, you're trying your 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 neophyte character out again and trying to level him, and just do a better job at the next time. So we're trying to maintain those those rules of play, along with um, uh, you 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 ask the, the 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 most important question is how do you how do you have sort of a, a sort of a faster paced kind of action. RPG kind of mixed in with these other two genres, mm-hmm. and that that part is um, I, I do want to clarify a little bit. We're we're not actually taking too much of that the actual combat from Diablo. Okay. Um, what what we're taking from Diablo is the sort of the the fluid experience, and so what I mean by that is when you go into combat, um, a lot of these other examples of combat, even Legend of Grimrock, you can it's really fun, but you can tell it's really um, it really is. A tile-based and turn-based. It's just it's just happening in real time. If that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you kind of see, you know, characters kind of move a block, and then you move a block, and they you might move two blocks, and they might move a block, 
and and and, and that's classic. Um, but we're trying to break away from that. When you when you watch combat in Diablo, it's it's just coming right at you as you, as you noted. It's very fluid. It's very animated. Um, uh, so, so the way that we're going to try to get the best of both worlds is um, w- w- our animators are really trying to not break that sort of fluid movement. So, like when the goblin attacks you, when the skeletons attack you, um, they they come at you. They don't stop at a tile. Um, they don't kind of look around and 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 sort of artificially stop. It doesn't mean that they don't ever stop. They do stop. But my point is, is that. Um, when they when they stop, it's part of the animation. And so, like for example, the goblin is is is, is jumps around. He's kind of a little bit faster character, uh, but he's not just jumping at you. Uh, you know, he has this whole kind of you know kind of war cry and this rally cry for his other cronies. And so it refused, It looks very natural, um, but it doesn't simply like chase you down like 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 most action RPGs. It's 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 really about just clearing out waves and waves of guys. So that that part we're not we're not taking uh, as you, as you pointed out that's the antithesis of what uh, you know dungeon crawlers are which are much more tactical so 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 we are trying to find that that balance right now and I can't say that we perfected it yet but that certainly is our vision for the title is is we do have um, the, the the setup uh, the actual um, uh, cameras first person uh, the pacing is is fluid and and faster. A little bit faster than your classic uh, dungeon crawlers, but um, they're the the AI, we're spending a lot of time on the on the enemy AI, um, and they're going to be doing other things other than relentlessly chasing you down or relentlessly shooting multiple arrows at you. Um, they'll be doing other things that are are very natural to their animation, uh, but it gives you a little bit of time to kind of be more tactical. Okay. So, how about your movements? Are you moving kind of block by block still, or is it more kind of free roam? You you can inch up, or you could run forward, or is that how's that work? We started out as a grid-based system because it, it makes more sense as a party. It gives you a little bit more time to kind of plan and be tactical. But then our animators, if you looked at the video, um, the, the yeah, I the saw enemies, the, the movement like when the. There's a there's a certain scene where the you actually like kind of turn uh, to a to a degree that's not like 90s or 180s. So oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and, and so the of course the animators are like you know you know it makes no sense to do these these kind of beautiful animations and then either the player camera is locked to 90 degree turns or the enemies turn in 90 degrees. You know what I mean? It looks kind of artificial. Although a lot of the games in this genre are that way. But that's that's why I, I told Jonathan we're, we're kind of mixing three um, subgenres, if you will. Uh, we have um, the dungeon crawlers, uh, we have the rogues roguelike or rogue style games, and then we actually have a, a, a quite a bit of action RPG in there. And and when I say action RPG, that's kind of what I'm referring to as as um, the actual look of the game. It looks kind of like an action RPG in the sense that. They're coming right at you, or they're, they're they're always moving. They're always animated. They're always doing things. Like they're not like when I say they're coming at you. They're not like Diablo, where they, everything just kind of comes at you in waves. It's more like once they become aware of you, they start conjuring up their spells. They start like 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 rallying their troops. And the little goblin guy is going to start like moving around, looking at his other guys, and uh, and they start like moving toward you. And so it does still feel like um, uh, like you have some time to do things. 
but it's definitely not a, not a grid to, to, to answer that question. Everything is based on uh, root motion, and so the actual animations drive the movement, and, and they move where they move, and they die where they die, and all that. So. That's the camera's 360, the camera's 360, and there's no, uh, there's no uh, locking, there's no locking in place for any reason. So if you wanted to, like, you know, look, I mean, we might not let you go look at the ceiling all the time because no, <laughs> there might be some limits. But 360, in the sense that you can look all, you can, you can, you can fight backwards if you want, if that makes any sense. So you probably die quickly, but you, we allow you to do that. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. But it also, I, I imagine that also allows for a certain amount of. Um, Kind of like a like a, a a tactical approach, where since you're not stuck um, to the kind of pure angles, as it were, you know, you could you could kind of drag enemies, as it were, like into kind of like choke points or or back them up and kind of attack from an angle so that some of your guys would be protected. We we, we already have that happening. In the, in the, I know one one guy told me what he does is is we have this spell called the Bone Wall, and uh, it's a necro spell. He casts the Bone Wall. And it, it's in the video. It comes up. But if you have more than one necro, you can actually cast two bone walls, and you can actually create a funnel, or you, you can create a, a long like like barrier, and then they have to walk around it. And then if you have a, a frost spell, you can cast frost on the bone wall, and any any enemy that touches it also freezes. And so you can actually buy yourself a good you know five or six seconds. And so we have all the, so we have like a, a dual. I didn't really mention this before, but we have a dual combo system. So one combo system is at spell time. So if you cast, like for example, a frost spell, and you also cast an arrow, a single shot, you get a frost arrow, and 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 we're we're, we're doing all kinds of cool variations with that. So so kind of like dungeon master in a sense of like creating these new spells, but but um, uh, uh, there'll be a lot more visual uh, in the sense that uh, you know you'll see a, a frost arrow come out, and and you can also affect the environment. So you can cast. You can stack uh, effects like you can, you can have like a um, like like the the bone wall example. You can cast the bone wall. You can cast frost on it. It'll freeze it. Then you can cast like an area effect that'll slow them down. And so so they're like literally frozen there. And then they're 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 all like like. And then you can you can start like throwing uh, you know your your curse spells or your or your or your um, uh, your your different uh, range spells to to kind of do damage as they they try to slowly get out get get out of that trap. Are we gonna have like a classic abilities like the? I know you've got the four picture here as far as the cleric, the knight, the the grave knight, the hunter, and the necromancer. Our right. cleric's gonna be able to like I I I take it with like such a, a focus kind of on the undead. Um, our cleric's gonna have like turning abilities or something to kind of push the the bed back. So um, the what uh, I didn't go into this too much, but one of the things that differentiate the actual heroes uh, as you play the hero over and over again is that. Um, each of the hero's abilities you choose. And so you have two abilities, or you have three total, but you have two abilities and one super ability. And those two abilities, um, you can actually swap out. And so there's gonna be uh, at least six, maybe eight different abilities. And so you can actually customize your cleric, for example. So 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 your cleric can be more offensive if you, if you want. It can turn undead. It can have holy water. It can, it can do different types of, of, of attacks, or you can have it be uh, sort of a, a healer type of uh, cleric, or it can even be a combat cleric. Um, it wouldn't be as effective, but it, you know, it would, it, you can have, have a do kind of do a double duty, right? One can be a heal and the other one could be an attack. And so we can, we can do a, at least some attack. 
And so um, that's part of uh, part of that is is so people can experiment with the cleric, but it also allows them to play with four clerics because the because they got four clerics, but they all all have different abilities. So yeah, it, it's, it's it's a lot, but but it's it, it's the actual gameplay is very simple. But the um, the persistence part, you can you can customize your 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 hero quite a lot or your party quite a lot. So that's what we're going for. So when I saw the the trailer for this, um, the my first thought was like, wow, this is a huge departure from your last game, um, or <laughs> yeah. Yeah, your uh, other current game. Um, yeah. But then as I, I kind of started thinking about kind of specifically your history with like SSI and stuff, I was like, wow, yeah. that that actually makes a whole lot of sense. Um, it, yeah. I don't know that it, it just. Is there a sense of kind of like coming home with making this game? Because this this feels like kind of your wheelhouse. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, we we all have uh, sort of our favorite genres, and and to me, um, I've, it's always been uh, strategy and role playing, strategy and role playing. So, and, and my, I've been very fortunate. I've worked at a lot of companies and worked on strategy and role playing games. And and but the thing is, is is like role playing games. Uh, as you know, are, are very um, the people. The reason why people love them is there's there's lots of reasons to like them, and you know they're they're long they're a long form of storytelling, uh, they're a long form of character development, they're a long form of uh, generating uh, game mechanics and so forth and so on. I mean, just just by their nature, they're kind of a long form way of doing things, and you know SSI was sort of the masters of that. If you if you've played any of their games, you know, the more you play, the better you get. It's a lot like, you know, the classic, you know, Civ 2 or Civ 4. Um, and you, you, you play Panzer General, you play Pool of Radiance, you play any of the, you know, any of the Warhammer games. Uh, there's a huge amount of character development and story development uh, and, and, um, and, 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 and more and more game mechanics as you play, which is, which is you know, half the fun, right? And, uh, and so... Uh, so yes, uh, you know, in answering your question, I think I, I, I do feel like we're doing all of that because we're adding this layer of persistence. We 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 also love uh, the idea of having permadeath, but we you know there's there's plenty of us hate the fact that we're not actually building the story up as much uh, in building up uh, the 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 um, the the the, um, the actual. Um, uh, guild mechanics uh, over time, and so so we we're, we're trying very hard to, to to not lose that and kind of build that in. So but like like role playing games, and and that's another thing that that we, that we take from Diablo to kind of come back to that uh, part of uh, action RPG because action RPG clearly uh, they have a progression tree, and you have more and more abilities over time, and obviously that's if you don't have any persistence, uh, you know that that's a lot harder to do, and, and we do have persistence, and so. And so we're we're able to um, uh, take that part from from uh, from Diablo style games. On the website, it says "Dead Men Know No Fear." Yeah, yeah. What does that mean uh, in context to Battle Curse? So um, we we're not announcing a whole lot of the story right now, but um, we you know we will say that there's a lot of undead in the game, and there's a you know the the antagonist is. Uh, is a uh, you know a necromancer, and so we're, there's um, quite a bit of 
uh, history that we're developing around the game. And so, again, you know, a lot like traditional RPGs, um, there's a lot that goes around in the world that isn't necessarily the quest uh, that you're on or even, even the main quest. Uh, we're, we're doing all of that. And so, and so we, we're, we're putting some teasers in there, and, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely, uh, next time I'm on, we'll, we'll fill you in on a lot of more, more details of the story. <laughs> awesome. Um, now, since the game is is a roguelike, and you know your your party can die, mm-hmm. and there are dead people all around yeah. in this game, yeah. and you don't have to answer this if it's some kind of spoiler, or we can cut this question out. Sure. But is there any chance that you can come up against your old party members and have to fight them? Um. Well, there, there are, um, I, I will say maybe, um, and the reason why is because um, I, I will tell you a little bit, um, the, the an- antagonist, his name is Zelo Vaughn, and he's actually um, uh, being resurrected. Uh, it, the, 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 the giant battle that, that, that first um, uh, defeated him was a thousand years ago, and so he's being uh, awakened, and there's a there's an unseen hand at work here, uh, maybe a demigod. Um, but basically, when uh, when he comes back, he's um, he's a you know he's he's a lich lord. He comes back as a lich lord, um, has a lot of undead powers, and also has a lot of new allies um, from from the underworld. And so, so he comes back stronger than ever. And so, as far as um, it's funny that you mentioned the the heroes that uh, may have passed in, in in past battles. There, there's a very very strong story element to the original battle um, uh, that happened a thousand years ago that first uh, uh, defeated uh, Zilavan, and and so and so we we may run into those heroes later on. So okay, and they would obviously be a thousand years, you know. So they would obviously have to be resurrected. So you can you can read into that. <laughs> Because it's about okay. later when when the game takes place. I gotcha. Nice. Um, speaking of story, I, I imagine it's got to be quite challenging to try to craft a uh, you know engrossing tale when you know the the heroes of the tale can die at any moment and everything starts all over again. Yeah. Uh, how do you? Not necessarily what is it about, but how do you kind of reconcile? telling this story with the fact that the heroes can be gone at any moment and you know more heroes are coming in to, to take their place how how does that kind of work right and, and so and you're asking exactly the 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 challenge uh, the challenges that we faced over the last year that was one of our biggest was you know we want to tell a story we want people to love their heroes but they're gonna die and so how do we how do we move that forward? And and when I when I talk about guilds, I, I didn't go into too much detail other than you can unlock other um, other cl- other heroes in your class, so you can have four of the same, like four clerics in one in one uh, party if you like. But there's, there's lots of other things that that open up. Uh, for example, there's a library for each guild, and so you have you have like a big history, uh, and then there um, in the library uh, it actually. Um, uh, opens up new kinds of magic. It opens up uh, a lot of uh, the history of your race uh, or your class, uh, and it actually talks about specific heroes. Again, you may or may not meet down the line, um, and so there's a lot that you can do 
um, that even though your own party dies, you're re we're really trying to get the player to attach to the guild. So as you play, um, let's say you play, you know, rangers, necros, and uh, clerics, and 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 grave knights, which which happen to be the, our first four heroes that we've announced. You play, you love those characters a lot. You play with that same party every time. Well, you know what? Those will go up commensurately the more you play it, and as 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 they level up, you find out more about heroes that were necromancers, heroes that were rangers and clerics and grave knights and so forth, and then you 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 find out their names and, and their backgrounds. And a lot of this is optional. Like this is not one of those adventure games where you have to read. You know, and, and you read these twenty pages, and then you, then the door opens. So a lot of these things are optional. Um, however, for those who like uh, to uh, attach their um, the history along with their gameplay, their current gameplay, uh, we're trying very hard to, to, to have that. And, and so, um, and we're actually tying it to um, game mechanics as well. So what I mean by that? So, so I, I can't go into all the details because I, I don't want to say our game mechanics are this and then have them change too much, but in, in general we're trying very hard not to overpower the the, the uh, heroes as they level, because obviously if someone plays, um, say, the Necromancer for, you know, six months and they have a level level 10 guild, um, they, they, when they start a new game, they still have to start with a level 1 Necro, right? And so, but that Necro's going to have many, many more choices. And so, and so those choices are going to allow them to customize that Necro a lot more uh, than, than someone who, who, who is playing the game for the first time and is playing their Necro for the first time and their guild is level one. And so, um, and so we, we hope that um, the people will get attached to the, um, the variety that they can apply uh, to their level one heroes. And like I said before, uh, people, uh, one thing we're very generous about is if you want to play with a certain class, you will be able to play that class. It's not like when we do the whole mercenary thing, it's not like you're waiting for this. Uh, if you love playing with uh, four rangers, it's going to take you like 20 plays. It's sort of like a, a random kind of thing. No, I, I mean, there's plenty of ways for you to kind of, one of the things that we're allowing people to do is to spend money to um, recruit their favorite uh, types of, of, of heroes um, and, and, and store them at their guild. And so, so the storage of these heroes is part of, of the um, growth as well. As your, as your guild gets stronger, you can actually stockpile more and more mercenaries that are ready to go at, at a button click when you, when you do your next adventure. And so, so there's, all these, there's all these ways to, um, to add, again, using that word permanence, there's, always, there's all these ways to add permanence without ruining the, the whole rogue-like gameplay. What is the customization like? You were talking about, you know, as you build up your guild, um, that you'll have more options kind of with a level one character. But one of the generally very fun and time-consuming elements of RPGs is all of that time that you put into making your character look just right and start off with the exact right... Um, you know, set of skills that you want to use. What is that like as you kind of play a game where your character, again, can kind of die at any moment? Or can you customize the way that they look? Is it randomized? How, how does all that kind of stuff work? Right. So so it, 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 it's first person. So you, you see your portraits. We're going to allow you to kind of, kind of customize 
your portraits a bit. We're gonna we're gonna have um, uh, you know different um, uh, different kind of updates to the portraits, like promotional updates or um, you know maybe early access update things like that, where you have special like like frames or icons on them. Um, but the 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 actual customizations, uh, you can you know games like you know Final Fantasy X or you know a lot of the um, you know kind of kind of D and D games out there uh, or Bioware games out there. Um, you know you 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 have this ability to kind of select from uh, 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 basically a tree, right? It's, it's it's almost like a tech tree where you can. Sort of decide how you want to how you want to build out your heroes over time, um, and and we're, we're, we absolutely let you do that. In fact, we let we're, we let you create templates where you can have um, you know your your favorite hero setup, um, and you can you can have that you know four different setups for uh, like like I said, you can have four of the same heroes in a party. So. It would be nice if you have your perfect setup of four clerics, for example, not to have to like every time you um, uh, you set up your hero, you have to like 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 click all these buttons to kind of pick exactly the right ones. So we have we have um, we have templates that you that you earn again through the guild, through leveling your, your guilds, and um, and you can you can you can customize um, how you want your 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 heroes to to grow over time and so so you have the actual hero itself it actually has um, uh, their their growth elements uh, so like for example um, the necromancer instead of having sort of uh, kind of a defensive posture like like putting up walls and things like that uh, you can you can have offensive posture you can you can have a lot of curses you can you can actually summon uh, your own skeletons uh, to fight for you, um, and there, there's some, some. There's a lot of cool stuff that, that I want to tell you about. That I can't really go into yet because we haven't announced it yet. But <laughs> but the but the idea is that um, uh, you we will we will have quite a bit of variety within the actual heroes. But on top of that, I keep on mentioning these guilds. You know, these guilds will also have their own kind of bonus systems where you can. You can upgrade your guilds in certain ways to give yourself a little bit of a bonus um, and, and customize your, your guild over time. And so, um, so those kind of things are, are, are really important to us. And and um, uh, for example, you can you can um, you can you can have your guild be more efficient at getting the right heroes and store. Like I said before, you can you can have more slots where you can store uh, mercenaries that you run across. So. So as you're, if you're if you're a level five guild, uh, you, for example, you might have like five slots, or you can you can you can save up five heroes in that guild. Uh, but if you're level one, you, you can maybe only save up one. Things things like that, uh, and you can also spend money to give yourself uh, 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 more abilities to like customize uh, and give yourself more options for that. So so does that. It's a little bit vague. Sorry about that. But you know, again, part of it is. We uh, some of this stuff is a bit a bit detailed, but some of it is we, we don't want to we, we we don't want to tell you things that are going to change that are really up in flux right now. Um, sure, uh, sure. So as far as like you know, specific details, like I'm looking at a hero right now and I'm like, damn, I have all the stats in front of me, but we haven't announced this hero yet. So, uh, so <laughs> is the know. is the idea with the guild something that you're gonna, that's that's meant to be done kind of between dungeon runs, like you kind of go back to a home base? 
and kind of like you gather your crew, you know, work on your guilds, do all that there, and then go, you know, kind of time to go dungeoneering again. Exactly. They're they're, they're completely separate. Um, the there's no time or pressure when you're managing your guilds, when you're recruiting. You can take as long as you want. You can, like I said, create these templates. You can spend money. You can, um, you know, we're looking at creating your own items. Uh, you can read about history and lore and. And, and, and we're even like unlocking these these cool like dark magics and, and hidden things and, and 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 stuff like that that's all, all done through the guild um, but once you get into the game we actually toyed around with the idea like right now for example the save game system like you can't save your game and so which I think is very common with with rogue, roguelike games but on top of that for this style of game it's it's we're actually adding more more kind of pressure on it like for example, one of the things that we're that's currently in the design is when you're adventuring, you can't change your 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 inventory uh, until you get to a camp. So when you get to a camp, if you find like a really cool sword, you can't actually change it out until you reach the next camp. So you get that co- sort of wizardry feel of oh no, I have to get back or else I'm going to lose this. Right? It's a little different. You have to get to the next camp in order to use this legendary dagger that you just found. Um, and so you're like trying to get there, but there's like 40 skeletons in front of you. It's like, uh, am I going to make it? Type of thing. So, so there, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of um, short-term goals when you're adventuring. And then uh, I was telling Jonathan earlier, we we do kind of adhere to the roguelike rules, where essentially when you die, you die, and and it's not like oh now now you're the cousin and you and you have all these uh, we don't do any kind of weird storyline stuff like that or you're a ghost or whatever I mean you have to recruit a new hero uh, but it could be of the class that you like and but by the way again going back to the to the persistence part of the game that's more like traditional RPGs where um, you do stuff and stuff opens up and, and, and they just open up at a at, 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 at camp before you do a lot of the persistent stuff, and and um, when you're actually playing, it, it, it feels like a, a rogue like game. Uh, you're under pressure, and you're trying to go deeper, and and even with even though there's more tactics, um, it, it's not a slow. It's not meant to be a slow game. Um, there's it is in that sense. It, there's there's some there's some tension there. We're trying we're trying to have these battles be very, um, you know, I, I don't want to say Diablo like, but very much more action you know, oriented than again the traditional dungeon crawlers. Yeah, so well, you a, said Diablo like earlier, so you know it's it, it, you've already said it. <laughs> well, he also he also then said legendary dagger. So I mean, Diablo like I mean you know you got you got your action there, but really I mean we're talking about loot dropping for people. I need to hit a gelatinous cube and find something inside of it. So that's yeah, that's, well, me, that's, that's definitely Diablo. Diablo. There's many layers to Diablo, right? It, it's when I say Diablo like I specifically said we're we're not we're not trying to do the. The, the monsters attacking you in waves. We're not taking that away, but we are trying to do kind of the fluid animations and kind of everybody kind of moves in real time, right? There's no like artificial stopping and turning and stuff like that. So, uh, so we are we are trying to take that from Diablo, uh, and we are trying to um, take some of the persistence part, like like when you build up your your necro or you build up your characters. Obviously, you're unlocking your skill tree. We're we're, we're clearly doing that as well. Sweet. Now you mentioned, um, you know, at least in the the current version of the game, that you you can't swap out equipment during uh, kind of normal gameplay. You have to get Correct. to a camp. Correct. I assume that means there's no weapon degradation then, because that yes. seems like that wouldn't really work too well when you're 
you know, first legendary sword breaks, and now you have no weapon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your weapons don't break, and there's a lot of um, there's going to be a lot of um, requirements for for the for the more powerful weapons, and so your your party all levels up together, and so if you there's right now there's 20 levels, so as you level up, you, uh, of course the the type of weapons that you can you can use will be will be more powerful at, at the higher levels, and so. And so there, and, and we're we're not going to be too stingy with the, because the actual the actual missions right now we're we're not making them too long. Like we're not expecting, uh, a, a, you know, an adventure or or, or or a mission to be longer than half an hour. Right? We think they're going to be between like ten and twenty minutes, and for like the really long ones, maybe thirty minutes. Um, but there, there there's there's a whole storyline. There's acts and all that kind of stuff, and so. Each act uh, would be like in, between like like twenty and thirty minutes um, is our goal, and then um, and then we uh, we basically um, uh, put one or two of these camps in each of these acts, and so you can imagine you know that you know in hopefully every every uh, ten minutes or so you run into uh, you run into a, ca- a camp and it'll allow you to kind of uh, beef up your your inventory, beef up your your characters with the latest stuff that you found in the previous ten minutes. Cool. Yeah, and, and, and that might that might fall. We might fall flat on that. I mean, we have to we have to test it because <laughs> we understand that there's people that will say like, "Oh my god, you know, I'm level five. Why can't I equip my level five like super, you know, legendary dagger?" And, and we might we might have some of that, but again, that's what playtesting is for. We, we we would love people to give us feedback on that, but currently that's our vision. <laughs> Very nice. Now, as of you know, kind of said here, listening to kind of what Battle Curse is about, I, I feel like the the more fluid version of the kind of more t- traditional dungeon crawler makes a lot of sense of of kind of bringing. Not necessarily bringing it into the 21st century, but in a way, kind of bringing it into the 21st century. What, what was kind of the inspiration behind going with the the roguelike elements to the game? Why, why go that route? Because right. while it it makes sense, kind of from a, a broad perspective, uh, I'm interested in why you guys chose that. Um, it's because of um, the 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 tactics part. I mean, we 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 touched on upon it a little bit. I mean, we were planning like. Types of little mini tactics that you can you can play during the game, and we really felt like that's what rogue game roguelike games do very very well is it allows you to do what if scenarios just all day long, right? It's like well, what if this? What if that? What if that? And if you think of the permutations we have, I mean, we have one of our um, one of one of the guys on our team is is a uh, theoretical physics major, and he did the math at some point, and he, it was getting into the billions of permutations. And, and, and it's simply because we have um, this kind of fluid system where um, it's a combination of unlocking and locking in people. In other words, um, you know, if a hero only has two abilities, but you can have four of the same hero, and, they, and, the, and you can choose from eight different abilities, then you can have four of the same heroes with all each one of them having different abilities. And imagine all the permutations there, and that's just one class. And then, then we have... We currently have ten classes. We're entertaining twelve classes at this point, and so, and so to get back to the question of roguelike, really, it, it would be completely convoluted to expect a player to 
to you know, I, I know a lot of games did this. Like, like I remember, I think the original Dungeon Master had sixteen classes that you could pick from in the Hall of Champions. I mean, that's cool. And some people went back and they played, you know, the heroes over and over again. But uh, we felt like creating the structure um, uh, ahead of time um, creates uh, variety in gameplay uh, from the hero perspective. And also, um, the, I didn't talk about this at all, but one of the technologies we spent a long time creating is the procedural generation of the dungeon. And so um, that's a, another, like, like it, it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, we have this cool tech, let's make this game like that. It was more like, we wanna make the player try all these different tactics, but it's gonna be kinda, it's gonna be more fun if, if, if not only if the battles are a little different, but actually the, the layout and the rooms are different. And so, and so we have that as well. And so we, we, we do have a, a very, uh, I think it's a very sophisticated, I, I, I personally have not seen a, a system as sophisticated as the one we're doing for procedural generation, uh, certainly in this type of game. So, so we have very, very uh, different adventures every time you go through, as far as look and combat and puzzles and everything. So, so and, and a procedural. lot of that is rogue, right? A lot, a lot of that is rogue, as, 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 you, as you both know. So, sure. Um, now, the procedurally generated uh, kind of levels or dungeons can mean a lot of different things. Yep. What? Is this like truly random? What, what exactly is is different about the the dungeons kind of each time? So um, it, it, it's a great question uh, to put it to put it simply. Um, we we of course have the option to make it completely random, but of course that's fraught with peril. Um, you know, for a number of reasons, um, we we wanted to provide themes. We want to provide uh, scaling, proper scaling. Um, and we wanted to provide a story. So we have these different acts, so we don't want like act four monsters to show up in act one, things like that. So it's a, so clearly we, we're, we're selecting from a pool um, of, of monsters, um, but we, we have um, created, um, like like we have areas, like, like we have like cave-like areas, then we have like what we call the outer rooms and the inner rooms with the Dwarven a stronghold, and then we have this place called the Labyrinth, um, which is like the Lich's Lair. And all these sections have their own kind of customized look to them. And within those sections, uh, we also provide both um, procedurally generated hallways, which is kind of part and parcel of, of these types of games, because obviously, you know, having variety there presents different challenges. Um, and also the rooms themselves will not look the same. It's not just moving rooms around or moving, moving them left and right and kind of most, most games out there, they just kind of move tiles around and then maybe they move like little objects on top, like the chest is over here now instead. Um, we actually change the look of the room. So like, for example, the room might have a, a uh, this room might be uh, like the one you saw in the video, it actually has a skeleton, it's called the swamp area. Everything's dark and it's kind of a marshy type area. We're taking that same room, we're putting it outside, we're putting a lava in there, lava flow in there, and we're creating um, different different uh, terrain on it. And so it doesn't look the same, although the layout's the same. So it'll look very different, and it'll be entirely different monsters, for example. And so next time you play, it actually may be in the same area, but it may be a spring. And, and so it may still be outdoor, but not, might not be a lava room. It might have a 
of a spring and have a little river going by and butterflies flying around and 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 any art any trained artist is going to say hey i recognize the layout of this room but boy it looks very different i mean just and it's not again it's not just you know we are working very hard to actually provide different puzzles in the rooms over time and monsters and, and all that but over and above that it's going to look different as well okay so it's that and i assume that's just an example it's not that the rooms will always kind of be the same format just look different have different stuff in them but you know it, it's not just that placement of things will be different it's not just right. that layouts will be different it's that everything essentially is different but it's not necessarily random it's, it's, it's not random by choice i mean we could easily have right. programmers just put in right. something and say you know you might you might meet the end boss in in level one but we could have done that <laughs> It's, it's 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 and I'm being a little facetious there, but but even even from an artist artistic point of view, we have like I mentioned, we have five acts, and so we we didn't want to mix up like 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 we had the dwarven rooms, which of course has like nice ornate buildings and stuff. Obviously, we don't want that showing up in the caves, which which have no no um, no sign of of you know like like buildings or anything like that. So 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 we we have tile sets, and we randomize uh, we, we uh, procedurally generate within those tile sets. And they are in very different orders. Like, like you might play one time. It might be a three by three room, and in the, in the same in the same you know act that might be a five by five with an entirely different battle the next time around. So, so so yeah, it's not just I gave that one example, one room with different looks, but it doesn't mean that every time you play that 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 room is going to be in that exact place. Uh, not not at all. It's just, it's just you okay. know, we change the look of the room as well as what you do in the room. Awesome. Well, uh, Brian, do you have any more questions before we move on to the uh, the end game? End game version two point because because Dex has done this before, done so we, we got to mix That's... things up. Okay. First question. End game. First question. Two Second set of questions. We're gonna follow a similar. We're gonna follow a similar track, uh, but we'll we'll change things up a little bit. Uh, sure. So first first question of the old end game was uh, name your favorite um, video game protagonist. Um, you told us yours was Drake. Um, I'm guessing that yep. was Nathan Drake. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, Correct. Who's your least favorite? My least favorite. Your least favorite. If you well, can just, you know what? This dude doesn't even deserve his own game. <laughs> um. You know. I'm gonna say um, I'm gonna say um, an a, a, an antagonist that's gonna maybe upset a lot of people, but um, I, I think uh, I'll, I'll explain why. But but I, I would say Bowser because I, I just feel like Nintendo and I love I love Nintendo. Like like I, I have tons of games over multiple generations. So I'm not a I'm not a Nintendo hater, but but I, I feel like you know he's just overused. Um, and and I would say for that reason. I think I think Nintendo could have created you know m many more uh, you know antagonists uh, than 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 reusing Bowser over and over again. Do you feel the same way about Ganon? Um, no, no, no. I, I think you know the thing is is that you know for me it's like. Like Nintendo uses Bowser, uh, you know, obviously with Mario, but but they, they they reuse him in the game as well, right? I mean, and I understand that whole kind of okay, you're teasing them, and 
and you're taking the princess away and and so but it, it's just it's just you know I played I played that game you know 15 years ago so you know anyways I, I just feel like I, I, you, and, and there's there's plenty of reasons why they do that because people like you know kind of consistency um, but but I also think it can be overdone so and on top of that Ganon's really Ganon's quite different. Yeah. Um, as you when you approach like the different um, Legend of Zeldas, it's not always just uh, you know like crazy lizard dude Ganon. Sometimes you have you know you've got Ganondorf. Um, you've got different. Uh, he's got different forms or different looks, uh, different personalities that he puts out. Even though his end game is always the same. Um, but right. with Bowser, Bowser is Bowser is Bowser. Yeah, dude, it, it, I really feel that. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. I mean, you said it a lot better than I could, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. oh, no, I one hundred percent agree with you. Like that, that like in the beginning, he had a, he had a bunch of castles. It was always a different Bowser. You know, like he had a princess. He got. Um, I think he kind of peaked with the smiley face, kind of flying car thing in Super Mario World. And yeah. after that, it's been you know him almost trying to just kind of jump into the limelight, like uh, Pete the Cat and Mickey Mouse. Right. Yeah, exactly, and, and I feel like it's it maybe a little bit too much, like you know, convenience, and and maybe uh, maybe uh, not not enough uh, ingenuity or, or 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 taking chances. So, I mean, that's just you know, it maybe it's just a marketing thing, right? Because because I know plenty of people who love Bowser, and it may be just you know, kind of like Electra and Daredevil, right? It's like put Electra in there, and, and your ratings would would double. So I, I I don't discount that as well, but it's. You're asking me my opinion, and that's that's kind of where I would go with that. No, totally. That, this is absolutely your opinion. Yeah, um, and so like like Ganon, w- w- I would not say it's in the same category because it does it does feel different when you're when you're battling. So, uh, and it may be the format as well, right? Because because RPGs give you so much more to work with than you know side scrollers and in 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 the core mechanics department. So. No, absolutely. That all sounds great. Um, so, second question. This one's going to be a little weird. Okay. Who's your most respected sidekick? In the annals of sidekick history, where you've got stuff like Toad and uh, and Miles Prowser, uh, you know, who's who's the sidekick that stands out in your mind as, as uh, kind of one above the rest? Um, yeah, that's a hard one. Um... Hmm. I would say <clears throat> you know, I think Navi, um, simply because um I think Zelda would be too hard without Navi. And I think it, it also fits so well into the story, like sort of being kind of like a guide and the fact that they don't use VO and and uh, and so I, th- I think it's kind of a clever use of a sidekick in that it, it helps with game mechanics, with learning the game, with um, and, and 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 it's 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 uh, a germane right to the to the fantasy world. So so it's a, it's a little maybe a little underwhelming from a, certainly a combat point of view, a combat point of view, but certainly from a from a beginner kind of getting into a game, I, I think it is quite brilliant. Yeah, she. She, I mean, he's like one of those like real divisive characters because I, on the one hand, it was a real interesting way for Nintendo to kind of deliver information to um, Link, as it were. Yeah. Um, and on the other hand, like, could they possibly have picked 
a almost a more annoying way to do it. <laughs> well, sure, that that's fair too. That's fair too. But 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 imagine if they didn't have that character at all. So I think I think it's um you know I I, I think it, uh, it it works. It works in oh it does. In it, 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 absolutely, and I think especially for her having to not only like deliver like that kind of expositional information and kind of getting that out to the character, but also, like, almost speak as Link, because Link doesn't talk. Um, there, there's, a, there's a real big burden that falls on kind of a little tiny fairy. Well, and you, and you know the other thing that I think is brilliant about Nintendo is they, they really understand information flow, and and their games never overwhelm you. I, I love Bioware games, but, you know, they do overwhelm you with information, and, and Nintendo is just a master at you know, I, I've heard one of the secrets of their design is, you know, when you die in a Nintendo game, you always feel like it's your fault. It's not the, the game designer's fault, right? And, you know, I think Nintendo really does kind of master that. And same with information, right? It's sort of like, well, if I don't understand this game, I probably missed something. And you play it over again. Oh, okay, it's it's here. And and and, and I will always uh, consider myself a student of game design when I look at Nintendo games in that way. If if anybody's been doing it better for longer, they're they're not. You know, it's not. There's not very many of them. Um, right. Nintendo definitely knows what they're doing, and and so yeah, I definitely agree with that sentiment as far as the. It, if you die, it, it's your fault. You know, you know what you did, and that I think that's the important thing too is the fact that you know what you did, and you know where you need to get better, and it's a matter of kind of challenging yourself to get better to get better at it that way. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, totally. Um, so at, at this point in the end game, we normally go. We, we normally do a kind of a trend trope uh, back and forth. Uh, you yep. gave some great answers last time. This time, sure. we're just going to skip right to the heart of the matter. Um, sure. In a probably a little under two months, we're going to be at E three again. Yeah. What's What's the biggest thing you're looking forward to? Um. Ooh, that's going to be. You know. One thing, it's kind of hard. I mean, I'm 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 as fascinated by you know, you know, virtual reality and 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 augmented reality as the next person. Um, I've seen a lot of videos. I've tried a bunch of them. I'm I'm really interested to see, um, you know, more about what you know what's coming from from all these innovative um, developers. Um, but as far as products, if I had to name one product, I would say probably God of War 4. And the reason why is, you know, God of War is, you know, it's not it's not the best game mechanics out there for sure. I don't think anybody will argue that. But, boy, do they make an impression, right? They, they kind of mix um, fantastic kind of, kind of art direction with uh, great use of, of, of scale and, and certainly very, very good graphics. And part of it is uh, just like Uncharted um, for, you know, it's like, how are they going to top it? So I, I would say it's as simple as that. It's like, how are they going to top, you know, a three, which was the last, you know, awesome one. Um, and, and, um, and you know, I, I honestly, I, I expect they will. So I have no doubt they will. So, so that, that's part of, part of why I'm excited about, about uh, seeing what they come up with. And I believe they're doing the big reveal at the show, although I don't know if that's official. Do you think they go with somebody other than Kratos? Ooh. Do you think it's time to move on uh, uh, from kind of the big that's, that's, a hard, that's a, such a hard one. Um, 
You know, I wouldn't blame them if they if they did move on, but I don't I don't think it would be blasphemy if they stayed with Kratos. I mean, Kratos, it, it just you know talk about you know you know awesome. I mean, he he he, he exudes you know power and defiance and you know you know you know going against the gods and things like that. It, it's just it's just such a um, great setup and and so I wouldn't blame them. But however, you know, they have a lot of. Um, Rich uh, history and rich story to go with, and, and it would not be. Um, they, they, they could pull it off for sure. They could they could pull off a character switch, no, no doubt, because the because the uh, you know it, it is it is story driven, but it's uh, quite honestly, I think the the story is is in many ways, um, or the backdrop is in many ways stronger than the character because it's a lot of it's based on based on mythology that that we all know and love. So, do you think it needs just uh, stick with Greek mythology, or would you like to see it go somewhere else? Oh, I would. I would love to see North Norse mythology. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I would love to. You know, Indian could be really interesting. Not that I know a whole lot about it, but uh, from from the graphics I've seen, and certainly the you know the um, uh, the the uh, education part of, of learning more about it, it, it could be. Um, you know, I, I think. Uh, uh, cultures, uh, you know, you know, I'm Chinese. I don't, you know, I think Chinese. Uh, there, there's a huge amount of, 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 um, you know, myths and 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 stories, ghost stories, that they can draw from. So, so, uh, I, I don't think it's going to happen though, because I, I, quite frankly, they're they're, we, we know it has story, but we know that isn't. There's a lot more, obviously, that they can they can draw from. So, I, I don't think Greek mythology is anywhere near being exhausted for them. Okay. Alright. Uh, next question. Um, last time we asked you if you could try any other profession, you'd, you'd try writer. Um, yeah. It's Stephen King, his son Joe Hill, they're big proponents that uh, the, bre- the best writers um, are also um, uh, avid readers. Um, what's the last book you read? Oh. Um, I, I actually... Um, uh, reread um, *Thieves World*, so *Thief* uh, book one. So that was the last book I read. Um, I read it maybe 15 years ago or 12 years ago. But uh, um, I, you know, I, I, I a lot of times I go back to 80s music and I go back to old uh, old, old books when I have time. So um, I'm a big fan of Michael Moorcock. I'm a big fan of you know Raymond E. Feist uh, and, and so forth and so on. All, all the all the classics. Um, so. Not that I, you know, I, I read plenty of modern stuff, but I, I don't, I don't tend to read a lot of the long form stuff, like, 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 you know, like paperbacks. Um, I, I read a lot, but I'm, I'm kind of busy, so I tend to pick the classics when I, when I reread stuff. Nice, very nice. nice. Yeah. All right. Um, the sixth question is, uh, is, is our kind of do over question, like, what game, you know, if you got to go back and play a game with new eyes, um. What would you What would you play? Uh, mm. You wanted to play Minor Twenty Forty Nine er. That was a yep. great answer. Um, yep. If you could forget playing a game, if there is a game that you regretted <laughs> that you actually played and finished, or played and didn't even finish, and were just like, you know what, I'm never going to get that hour or those two hours back. Uh, right. What would it be? <laughs> right. Um... Uh, the Crash Bandicoot driving game. 
<laughs> I love Crash Bandicoot. I, they just abused that that franchise by trying to do a knockoff of Mario Kart. So, sorry, sorry, mi- misfire. Yep. <laughs> I actually, surprisingly enough, I actually saw somebody streaming that. Like, uh, I want to say it was two months ago. One of the streamers I follow, and uh, he was doing it like late at night, and they were. Uh, it was like a drunk game um, with him and the other guy he streams with, and so the, exactly. the like whoever lost the the race they had to take a shot. And it, just, <laughs> it, it, it seemed like the only fun way to play that game. Sure. Yeah. 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 And I understand it. Like I said, there's there's um, many beloved characters, and I, I understand it from a from a publishing and marketing point of view. But as we all know, you know, it's it, it's always. Uh, it's always a challenge uh, to 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 move your IP around. You know, think of the Final Fantasy movie, right? And so it's it's a little tricky, uh, kind of taking it out of its element. And and uh, and you know, clearly, uh, Crash Bandicoot uh, was was not meant to be a driving game. So <laughs> but we now know. I, I speak a fair, like I'm a fair answer, like a professor, right? <laughs> of course, I wouldn't have known at the time, but no, <laughs> we can yeah. laugh about it now. Uh, And finally, when we last uh, left off, um, Toad had uh, told you that you had made something unique before he let you into the Mushroom Kingdom. Um, And once you're ushered inside the gates, uh, the very first stop is to the uh, Last Wishes Bar, um, where very kindly, uh, yet kind of, uh, you know, the senile-ish type of bartender um, offers to make you a drink. Um, What's the first drink you have in the afterlife? Oh, in the afterlife! Oh my God, Bloody Mary! A Bloody Mary? Yeah. Very fair. Yeah, it's 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 just, you know, um, I guess uh, it's uh, it's death, right? So it is. It, it totally is. You're done. It totally is. I mean, I, I'm not sure I even enjoy it. I don't think I have taste buds at that point, so I don't think it really matters. <laughs> they offer it. You take. You know, they offer it. It's they, you take it. You, you do what you can. Yep. Yep. That's it. You are the first person to do this twice. Awesome. Next, you are immortalized. In the, oh, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. You guys asked ask great questions, and, and uh, when we have more to talk about, I'd love to do this again. Absolutely. We'll be here. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, Brian. Thank you, man. Talk to you guys later. <laughs> <laughs>